I really appreciated, Logan, what you had to share. Uh, one of the ways for personal growth is to self-examine and then be willing to admit that there's an area in my life that I need to work on. It takes a lot of courage to do that publicly, so I sure do appreciate you sharing that. Uh, for those who have an honest and good heart, we're probably cringing when you shared that because uh, many of us have that same challenge. Uh, but each one of us has our own different challenges, and the devil seems to be kind of running roughshod with those kinds of things. So the purpose and the focus that you talked about, that was great. really resonated with me. I appreciate it a lot. Hey, let's give it up for Logan. That was an excellent, excellent. Honesty is an amazing thing in helping others. So thank you. Um, a couple of announcements. We all look at your bulletins. Uh, tonight at 5.30 over the Kirkpatrick's, we're going to have our family fellowship dinner for the month of October. So if you'd like to bring a special dish, and come and join us. That would be fantastic. Uh, if you haven't been to the Kirkpatrick's house recently, they've done this beautiful remodel. And uh, it's just really, really a beautiful place. The kitchen table is like absolutely awesome, over the top awesome. So anyway, so appreciate you being willing to open up your house. Uh, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar obviously is the 28th. I know people are in a frenzy trying to get everything done. Uh, I am included in that, so I'm really excited about all those who have volunteered to help out. Uh, Fifth Sunday Rally is coming up on the 29th, Sunday the 29th, and it's going to be over at the Sunshine? Sunrise. Why do I get Sunshine? Sunrise. I know it's spelled S-O-N, right? Sunrise Christian Church. And so it should be a great time. And again, we are thankful for Oregon Family Camp. Please note the date for Oregon, the dates for Oregon Family Camp. Uh, oftentimes we do it at the very, 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 very end of February. This is the last full weekend in February. So it's the 23rd through the 25th. So once again, this year, uh, as in the last two, has been a wonderful benefactor that is uh, paid for the cost of the camp other than, than food. And so we're just thankful to continue to be able to do that. Better start saving your nickels for next year, uh, unless that benefactor wants to extend uh, that gracious gift will be looking at covering the cost of the camp. So we're going to be looking at that and letting people know well in advance. So, All right, are there any other announcements that I might have missed? No other announcements. I don't have any little purple slips, uh, words of encouragement. So, Oh, we got one. We got one. Braxton, could you bring that up for me? There you go. Thanks, Braxton. I've had the privilege of working with the young men uh, in our congregation. I'm very excited about doing that. And this young man is recognized as being kind and helpful. How many would agree with that? Wow. Woohoo! There you go. Thank you. All right. Pleasant Hill Church Christ, thank you for showing my children and grandchildren what it looks like to be a part of the family of God. Thank you for uh, your prayers, for food. Uh, for the clothes, uh, for the blankets, uh, for God's love, Brenda. So let's give it up for the Pleasant Hill Church Christ. Woohoo! You're not sure about that one. I'll take, I'll take it. So thank you. Thanks, Brenda. Yes. All right. Well, let's let's grab our Bibles. Oh. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to. But it's also Elijah's birthday today, too. What am I doing? Elijah. Man, how are you, Elijah? Are you 20 now? Is that how it goes? How old? I'll be 19. 19. I was close. I was close. As I've always said, it's always good when they're younger to guess higher and when a person is older to guess lower. So there you go. I did it. So I'm not even going to go there. not even going there. Just happy birthday. I, well, you can assume that's what I was assuming. <laughs> I'm just a little nervous these days, you know. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday. I'm glad you were able to get away and have some time for with family. That's awesome. So, All right, here we go. Happy birthday. Anybody else got a birthday? All right, Mark. Happy birthday, man. So are you in the younger group or the older group, or should I not even ask? Okay, so 29 plus. Close? 58. Oh, that's great. You didn't need to share that, but... 
You're still a young man in my book, okay? You're, you're doing well. Here we go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Okay, now we can turn our Bibles. Now we can turn our Bibles. Let's turn to 1 John. We finished up last week with 1 John, and we're going to pick it right up and, and do a little bit more digging in that 1 John. There is an awful lot there, and I think we're going to spend a couple, three or four weeks working on what is found there. So we're going to basically look at faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, that seems to be kind of an interesting, almost a nebulous kind of statement, and yet it means a lot when you take a look at a few of those terms in the context of what's being spoken. And so, this morning, let's go ahead and read 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whoever loves the Father loves the child born of God. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's pray. Holy God in heaven, we are thankful for the blessing of your word. We're thankful, dear Heavenly Father, that it says that faith will bring about the victory that overcomes the world. Uh, Father, the state of the world right now is in pretty, pretty bad shape. But Father, we know it's always been that way. The devil has always been, from the very first family, working to destroy all mankind. And Father, we need to recognize that, that even today it's the same. Nothing has changed, except for the fact that we can have a greater knowledge and understanding on how to be those people who will draw people out of the darkness into your marvelous light. And in light of the, the, the craziness that's going on around the world, we should not hide ourselves, but rather we should show ourselves as men and women who are living for the hope of heaven that we have been given through your son, Jesus Christ. The light will draw all men and women out of the darkness if we choose to be children of light, walking in the light, just as you yourself are in the light. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to read another passage of scripture that we read last week. And, and how, how many of you have ever read a scripture a lot and you go, oh, that's one of my favorite verses, but you've neglected to do a little extra digging to find out what it's actually saying? I'm embarrassed to tell you. Maybe this is the day for us being honest about our uh, failings. I don't know. But anyway, your inspiration has led me to this. You see, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you that when I read this scripture that I missed something huge. Let's turn to the book of Romans in chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse uh, 35. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. And we'll finish through the, the, the end of the chapter. It's, it's really a great passage. And you know it very, very well. Uh, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? That's a great question, isn't it? Who can separate us from the love of God? Well, that's a great question. Are any of these things going to separate you? Are these things going to cause you to give up? What are they again? Tribulation, distresses, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword just as it is written for your sake we are being put to death all day long we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered but in all these things these things we just read in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer i want you to look that word up 
Overwhelmingly conquer. Check it out. It's an amazing word. Overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced, absolutely convinced, without a doubt, he says, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, powers, uh, nor things present nor things to come, uh, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. You are secure in the love of God. But you can reject the love of God and we don't want to go there. Notice it says in verse 35, who will separate us from the love of Christ? He says, could these things, famine and, and war and swords and tribulations, could that separate you? Could that cause you to back away from the love of God? I would say yes, because Jesus said the love of many will grow cold in times of great tribulation. But that doesn't have to be you or me. You know, the love of God manifests the light of God, and we are children of light. And when the darkness comes in greater form, and we step up and be the light that we are in Christ, the world knows. I have this beautiful note up here. This beautiful note is proof to what I just said. It's been a blessing to do our little part. I know there's been many who have loved on you and loved your family and been praying for your family and will continue to do that in the difficult times. And so notice the true church, the, the true brother or sister in Christ, the true child of light will, when they know there's challenges in other people's life, will step up and will invest in a greater way. You see, it's just like the church in China. The church in China is flourishing. You're saying we don't hear much about it, the underground church. But the pressure is really on. And those brethren over there are actually suffering the things that you read in verse 35 right there. But they are remaining and growing in faith. Because there is no hope, they realize, in this world. They're drawing close to God, the one who loves them, and the one who will provide all things in this life and in the next. They have a faith that overcomes, a faith that is victorious. Now, I want you to really quickly understand what the word overcome is in the Greek. The word overcome, well, how many have ever heard of the word Nike before? You ever heard the word Nike? It means success or victory. Nikeo means conquering victorious. It's a derivative of Nike. And so the word overwhelm, or, uh, or excuse me, overwhelm, overcomer means one who is victorious. So it says that we are overcomers. In Christ Jesus, we are victorious now, present tense, in Christ Jesus. That's what it's actually saying. But see, the devil doesn't want you to know that. But you know what's really interesting? The Greek word, this will blow your mind. This is what I'm confessing. I didn't know this. The Greek word for Omer overwhelmingly conquer, or in one translation, more than conquerors. That is, are you ready? Hyper, Nikeo. What does the word hyper mean, do you think? <laughs> On steroids, okay? You're not just victorious, you're decisively victorious. You're saying, I don't know if I can embrace that quite yet. But that's the truth. If you have been born of God, if you're a Christian, if you've been born of God, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and your Lord, and you're yielding yourself to Him, He gives you that victory right now. You can have that victory right now. In fact, if you're a Christian this morning, have you been born of the water and the Spirit? If you've been obedient to the gospel, having been crucified, buried, and raised with Him to walk in the newness of life, it says that you not only were raised up from that old stinking life of yours, 
But now, Christian, it's in more than one place. It's in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6 and Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. You now spiritually in spirit are seated with him in the heavenly places. That's what it says. You go back and look at the Greek. If you don't think I'm sharing the truth, please do that. That means you already are victorious. You already have already overwhelmingly conquered. But the devil doesn't want you to know that. The devil wants you to think that you're just weak and frail and you're just a nobody and you have no power whatsoever. Uh, excuse me, did Jesus Christ die for all of your sins? Yes or no? Yes. Did Jesus Christ give you the fullness of his spirit inside of you? What does the Bible say? Yes, he did. That is truth. Now, the devil doesn't want you to know what that actually means. We've been set free from the bondage of sin, but we've been empowered through that freedom and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We've been empowered to live like him and for him. People are drawn out of darkness into the light because, as it says in the Bible in Romans chapter 2, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. Brethren, there is power here. And I know that the craziness in the world can get pretty overwhelming. And that's why in your note sheets, I've put four specific truth statements down that I'd like you, if you wouldn't mind, to write down. And then you can go back and look at the Bible verses I've given to you to substantiate that. The first, the first truth statement. Satan desires to immobilize every human being by fear. Satan desires to immobilize every human being using fear. That's how he's done it in the past and that's how he's going to do it now. You see, because people, when they are in fear, have a tendency to run. Or if they do fight, they fight in the wrong way. We want to be not people of fear, but we want to be people of faith. So the first true statement is that Satan desires to immobilize people through fear. And he is doing a very effective job. Not a good job. He is nothing else. There's nothing about him that's good. But he's doing an effective job. People say, well, I don't even want to hear it anymore. Well, that's the wrong way to go. I want to dwell on it and freak out about it. That's the wrong place to go. How about use what you're learning to understand that people who are true Christians, children of light, can pierce the darkness. And that's who we are. Go back and search the scriptures to see what it means to be a child of light. And you step into that in the workplace, in your home, in every relationship. How important that is. The second truth statement there. Jesus has given us a decisive victory over Satan and all that is in this world. Jesus has given us, a already, present tense, he's given us a decisive victory. Go back and look at the Greek tenses. It's present. It's now. Satan doesn't want you to own that. Satan doesn't want you to understand that. He doesn't want you to know it or own it. If you know it, then we're called to own it. In other words, step into that and take it as your own. That's not fake it till you make it. That's you've already arrived because that's what God says. And so, yes, Jesus came into the world. I'll be honest with you. It was a cesspool when Jesus came into the world in a human body. You go back and look at the culture. It was godless in regards to a love of God, to the true God, but it was filled with gods of every color, flavor, and kind. And so everybody was worshiping him everything except for God himself. It was a cesspool. It was, and, and I'm not cussing when I say this, it was a hell hole. And you're going to find out when we read from Revelation chapter 14, Satan was cast down to earth and his angels. That's what made it so horrible. 
Well, we need to fight the good fight. I believe that as the scripture teaches, this is the last hour. You know how long the last hour has been? The last hour has been going on since the church was established. This is the last great battle. Go back and look at the scriptures. It says this church age is the last great battle and the church is victorious in Christ Jesus. I don't want to talk about all the stuff that is kind of fluffy. I want to talk about how to win and to have the mindset to win because we already have in Christ Jesus. Well, here's the, the third truth statement in my introduction. This victory can only be realized by those who walk by faith and not by sight. Please write that down if you haven't done it. This victory can only be realized by those who walk by faith and not by sight. You try to fight this fight with guns and bullets and, and foodstuffs and all the things that the world's going, oh, we got to get ready. That's a worldly mindset. You're focusing on the flesh. Again, I go back to Matt Keikula. How are we going to get out of this mess? By what? All being liberals. You're saying, what? Not like that. But giving of yourself as Christ Jesus gave of himself to save the world. That's how we're going to get out of this alive. And we're going to take a whole bunch of people with us. Did you know that the book of Isaiah says, in the last days, the flood of the wealth of nations will come into the church. He's not talking about money. He's talking about human beings. They're going to flood into the church. I have 27 Bible studies. I've never had that many in my whole life. And there are people, more people wanting to know. That's wonderful. That's great. Have you gotten calls? Well... There's, there's something going on over in, in Israel. Does this, or is this the end times? It's always been the end times since Jesus came. And the church was established. We're going to read a Bible verse that says that exact thing. Man, this is the great last battle. I don't know about you, but we're in the climax, man. This is going into maybe a little bit of overtime, just around the corner. We're, we're going to win. Is that your mindset? Okay, I'm sorry. i got to get back to my sermon. My fourth truth statement in the introduction. This faith that I'm talking about, this faith, and you need to write this down because this is what real faith is. This faith is total conviction that Jesus is the Christ, the Almighty God, and He has gained the victory. Total conviction. This faith is total conviction, total trust. I'm going to trust Him and not myself. Because I've trusted myself before and I know how that works out. Maybe you've had the same experience. I'm going to trust him totally and total obedience to Christ and his word. This faith, total conviction, total trust, and total obedience to Christ and his word. When you've lost everything, when you've lost everything, as some have in this present age, because for, for whatever reason, where's your hope? can't be in your stuff. It can't be in loved ones who may have passed away. It has to be in who? It has to be into the, in the eternally existing one. Otherwise, you are what? You are without hope. By the way, I'm introdu introducing for the very first time that next year's theme is going to be the power of hope. The power of hope. Faith, hope, and love. We've already worked on faith. We've already worked on love, but we have neglected hope. But now is the time. The power of hope is amazing, as I've been already studying. Hope is powerful. It punches through walls that can't be punched through. It gives you the victory where there seemingly is no victory. And so I'm excited to preach on hope. But let's continue and finish on faith. Now, look at point number one, and I'm going to go quickly on these. Point number one, we have to really go back and take a look at 1 John chapter 5. There's two statements there about victorious faith. Listen to what the victorious faith is. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. I'm only going to read half of that verse, the first half. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ 
is born of God. And only those people who are born of God are going to overcome the world. Notice, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And then look at chapter 5 and verse 4. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Those who believe that Jesus is the Christ, they're born of God. And those who are born of God overcome the world. They overcome. They what? They are victorious over the world. And this is the victory that, is over, that has overcome the world, our faith. Faith causes us to be victorious. And finally, verse 5, who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you know that for certain? Do you know that Jesus Christ is the great prophet and his word that he's given to us is absolutely true in every respect? And that you could bank on this, you can live your life according to this, this great word of Christ, and your life will be blessed and empowered, even though you might go through horrible trials, you will be victorious. That's what God promises. The question is, is do you believe that Jesus Christ is the prophet who penned this book through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? You need to know that. You need to believe that. Otherwise, you're going to go to other sources to get your information. When Jesus is the Christ, not only is the Christ, he's the high priest. He paid for every one of your sins. You are free, brother. You're free, sister. Now, what if you sin? What if you sin? What if the devil trips you up? Does that mean you're a sinner? No, it means you're a Christian who took his eyes off the goal. Took your eyes off of Jesus. Go back and take a look. Hebrews chapter 12. It says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Amen? It doesn't mean that you're a sinner. It means that you're a Christian who the devil <clears throat> got you. And what do you do? Is you get up, you confess it to him, it says in 1 John and chapter 1 and verse 9. You confess it. And he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And now you can go forth. Do you see the power in that? In Jesus being our high priest? He's in heaven right now. He's on the mercy seat right now. You check me out on that in the book of Hebrews. It's not the judgment seat yet. It's the mercy seat. And you can come to him. And when you honestly confess, you are forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, he forgets it. It's done. It's gone. Now go forth and conquer. For he not only is your prophet and your high priest, but when you say Jesus is my Christ, you're saying he's my king. He's my king. And my king has gone to war. And my king has vanquished the foe, the devil. And he has given me that victory. And he's given me the tools to do just that. Some of you last week, during the Bible class hour, as whoever was speaking, you heard this huge boom. How many heard that last week during Bible class hour? I know that Brian did. Okay. What's he beating on your kids? No, I showed them there's a scripture that says that you and I, now, present tense, can crush the head of Satan under our feet. Through faith. It's in the Bible. Did Jesus crush Satan when he died on that cross? It says that he crushed his head in. And guess what? When we walk by faith and not by sight, guess what we do? We crush his head in. Not in our lives, but in other people's lives too. But if we continue to take a look at this, this uh, passage, what does Matthew 16, verse 13 through 19 say? Well, let me give you the Reader's Digest version. You can look at it. Jesus says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, his apostles said, well, I don't know. Some say John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or or maybe one of the other prophets. That's what we've heard. And then Jesus says, but who do you guys say that I am? And you know what Peter said? Peter? Oh, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, son of John, for flesh and blood did not reveal this truth to you, but my father is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, you're a little stone, important stone, a little stone, but upon this bedrock truth, that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm going to build my church. 
And I love the next part. Are you ready? And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of God. You've seen me do this before, but you got to know, brethren, that the gates of hell by Christians can be kicked in. The gates of hell can't prevail against a man or woman who's living the life of Christ, who's living a life of light and love. The gates of hell can't prevail when someone sees the kindness and someone sees the love and the gentleness and the caring. It breaks people's stony hearts. And those are the powerful tools that God has given to us. But we need to know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We must believe that and we must be obedient to him as the scripture teaches. Finally, take a look with me if you wouldn't mind at, uh, or in following Acts chapter 2 verse 36 to 38. I want you to take a look there. This is an important one. Peter finishes the first gospel sermon. The first gospel sermon that was preached, Peter did on the day of Pentecost. It's starting in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, but or in, in verse 22, excuse me. But then he finishes it with this statement in verse 36. Therefore, based upon everything I've said about Jesus, therefore, let all the house of Israel know, let every Jewish person know that God has made him, are you ready? Both Lord, Master, and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And what's the next verse say? They're freaking out. They realize we just killed the Messiah. What does the next verse say? And they, they called out, brethren, what shall we do? They're pierced to the heart. Does that, you know what that means? How many have ever had been emotionally pierced in the heart? It's like, it's almost like you could physically feel it. You're so crushed with, oh, I'm in disaster. I really messed up. It's like, oh, it's crushing. How many of you know I'm talking about? Anybody? Am I the only one? Okay, well, just try to vicarious live what I'm talking about here. Oh, I just messed up my life. I'm totally messed up. That's what they were going. Ah, we killed the Messiah. And guess what? They said, what do we do? And you know what Peter said? Repent and be immersed, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins will be forgiven and you'll be given the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Notice he says, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Be convicted and convinced that he is the master and he is the Messiah, the Christ. Prophet, priest, and king. You know, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, who is going to be your prophet, priest, and king? Self. Self. I forgive myself. Have you ever seen those positivity? Well, you just need to forgive yourself and stay away from toxic people. <laughs> the problem is, is that everybody's toxic at some point in time. Pretty soon you'll be all by yourself. And you go, smell sunny around here. Oh, I'm toxic too. You know, that's how that works, unfortunately. We need to recognize, man, that, that we need to humble ourselves before the Lordship and the prophet, priest, and king Jesus. He is, we are not. Now, I want to go to the last, the last point. Start with John chapter 16 and verse 33, because it really is a great transition verse. Gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 33. This is truth. <clears throat> John 16 verse 33. Speaking to his apostles right before he's going into the Garden of Gethsemane. You know what happens in Garden of Gethsemane, right? How many know what happens to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? They come with clubs and swords and torches and they take him. I mean, we're talking hundreds. They take him to be killed. He's only maybe an hour or two away from being brought into Jerusalem. And here's what he says in verse uh uh, 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me, in Christ, you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. I have victoriously overcome the devil and all that he has done. I have overcome that. That's what Jesus said. Wait a minute. He hasn't gone to the cross yet. 
listen, he hadn't gone to the cross yet, but he by faith, he by faith knew the victory was his. Do you see, we need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. He knew the victory was his. Did he claim the victory? Did he go all the way through, bearing our sins, dying on the cross? Did he raise from the dead? Is he seated at the right hand of God now? All power and authority? He said before it happened, I have victoriously overcome the devil and the world. That's a faith statement, baby. And he went right through the cross, right through the pain. Did it hurt? Absolutely, positively. Was it the worst excruciating thing he'd ever experienced in his life? The answer is absolutely, positively. But he was sure that he was going to go through and get to heaven. You know why? Because he loved you and me. Love drove him. Love drove him to the cross and through the cross right into heaven. But it was because of faith. Faith working through love. Faith working through love. Is that powerful, brethren? We're supposed to be new creations. And the new creation standard is faith working through love. That's what we saw Jesus do. Now, brethren, he, he named the victory, claimed the victory because he knew he had it because he was walking by faith and he had done the will of the Father. So powerful. Now, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Look at the next statement there. Point number two. We are more than conquerors in Christ. Are you in Christ? Well, yeah, I think so. Are you sure? I think so. When did you step into Christ? Well, I'm not really sure. Wait a minute, you can't be sure if you're not sure. Well, I, 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 well, somebody said I was. No, 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 that's not good enough. You need to know. When were you born again? I don't know. When were you born physically? June 3rd, 1958 at 2.05 a.m. in the morning at Oakland Civic Hospital. That's when I was physically born. But I don't remember when I was born again. Which is more important? The birth that is for eternity or the birth that is only temporary? I would say the birth that is for eternity. August 12th, 1982 at 9.38 in the evening in the Deschutes River, right next to the seventh, end of the Seventh Mountain. Freaked everybody else on the other side of the river when I came up. Woohoo! He lives! Hey, it's great. See, the power of knowing. So here we go. We are more than conquerors in Christ. Now, what is the world that we victoriously destroy in our lives? Are you ready? I looked up that word. The word comes from the Greek word cosmos. What do we think of cosmos? Oh, the universe, cosmos. Well, in this case, the word cosmos means all the ungodliness and evil that is manifested in people and the, in, in people held captive by the devil, who is the prince of the air, the god, little g, of this world. See, we are told not to love this world. Go with me, if you would, back to 1 John. 1 John and, and chapter 2. This will blow your mind. It did mine. In a good way. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 18. Verse 15 through 18. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. That's what he's talking about, overcoming the world. Overcoming what? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. Look at verse 17. The world is passing away, and also its lusts. But, are you ready? The one who does the will of God lives forever. The one who does the will of God lives forever. The world is filled with lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. And that's not from God, that's from the devil. Man, you're so good. I know, I'm really good. I mean, you're the best. Well, I was thinking that too. I'm glad that you told me that. You can do anything you set your mind to. That's exactly right. And I'm going to... You know, well, wait, wait a minute. Who's the, who's the boss in that, those statements? And who's whispering in your ear? 
say. Be careful. The world is what? The world means the ungodliness and evil manifested in people who are captive by the devil, the prince of this air, the god of this world. We're told not to love the world. We're supposed to hate the world and love God. Look at the second point there in this closing statement. What does it mean we are overcomers and more than conquerors? You already know. You already know what we are. We're victorious in Christ Jesus. We are convincingly, absolutely, totally victorious in Christ Jesus. There's no doubt. Or should there be? Now let's look at some scriptures other than 1 John. Let's look at Revelation chapter 3. Same word is used here. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. Same exact word. Nikeo. He who overcomes, the person who, Nikeo, is victorious, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame, as I also was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Did you hear that? You're already seated there. Just remain faithful. Wait till you hear the last verse. It'll blow you away. Just remain faithful to who you are and to whose you are or who you belong. The great Christ, Lord and Son of God. Look at Revelation 12. Revelation 12. Here's where we really get a better understanding of all the, the craziness that's going on. Chapter 12 and verse 7. By the way, when was the devil in the world? Does anybody know? When was the first time we see the devil in the world? Garden of Eden, right? Garden of Eden. They say like it's from the first family, this guy's in the world. What was he doing in the garden? Trying to deceive the first two human beings? Here's man, I'm going to get these first two right away. Boom, boom! Just like that. Spiritually dead. God had to come in and clean up the mess and he covered them with the skins of animals. There had to be bloodshed to cover their nakedness. Amen? After they had sinned, there had to be bloodshed to cover their nakedness. Did you know the blood of Jesus Christ had to be shed to cover your spiritual nakedness and depravity so that you could be clothed with Christ in the waters of immersion? Did you know that? That's in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27. That's powerful. But now take a look here. Listen to what this says. Verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael his, and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war. And they were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. The serpent of old who is called the devil and Satan. Who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth. And his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, here's the good news, brethren. Don't despair. Here's the good news. Listen very carefully. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they, they, those who are faithful to God, they overcame him because the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony and they did not love their life even when faced with death. For this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Look at that. Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And he raised us up with Christ and seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. Did you catch the, the, the tense in those verbs? He raised us, past tense, up with Christ and seated, past tense, us with him in heaven, on the throne, past tense. When were you crucified with Christ? If you did it by faith in the waters of immersion. When were you raised up with Christ? If you did it by faith in the word of God in immersion. 
So you're seated with him in the heavenly places right now. You don't need to fear the devil anymore because you are beyond being stolen from the devil. Now, will he, will he try famine? Will he try persecution? Will he try the edge of the sword? Will he try all this horrible stuff to see if you'll give it up? Of course he's going to try that because he wants you to give it up. But guess what? You're seated in heaven if you've been born again, born from above, because you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you've yielded yourself to the gospel plan of salvation. You are secure. Don't give it up. Look at the last phrase there. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you Christians, those who are born again, who dwell in, uh, in the heavens, Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has come down to you having great wrath knowing that he is only a short time. See, that's why all this craziness is going on. He wants to scare people into, oh, oh we're all done, the world's all over. No, it's not. Victory is ours. Whatever comes, it's only temporary. It's only temporary. You know the cross? The cross was a horrific Horrific, painful experience. But it was only temporary. Where's Jesus now? He's in the right hand of glory. If we go through something like that, it's only temporary. And then we get to what? Be in heaven forever. I don't know what the future holds. We might get, woo, sail right through, no problem. Wouldn't that be great? Well, of course it would be. But that's not likely. Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be what? persecuted. Let's step up our faith, because faith is the victory. Let's close with this last verse. It's only one Bible verse. Revelation 17 and verse 14. I have to tell you, in this one, verse 14, these will wage war against the Lamb. Let me interpret that for you. All the kingdoms of the world and all of their minions and people who are evil will wage war against Jesus Christ. And the Lamb will overcome them because He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Now listen, and those who are with Him. Are you with the Lord Jesus Christ today? Are you in the Lord Jesus Christ today? Have you humbled yourself in obedience to the gospel plan? Then you're with Him. And so notice what it says here. I love this. He says, And those who are with him are the called and the chosen and the faithful. Those are all words for those who are Christians. Man, I'm telling you what. I don't know how this lesson would sail in other churches, in other groups of people, but it's the truth. And as I said last week, I'll share it again. I do not want to be blindsided. Now, I don't, affix, I don't affixiate. <laughs> I don't fixate on all the craziness in the world, but I do know it's all a manifestation of the devil jerking the strings in people's lives who are outside of Christ. Okay. But I, you, us, can be the light we are the light. Now we're called to walk as children of light. Walk by faith, the faith of Christ. And people will be drawn. You know, I, I loved what your husband said. I, I love your husband anyway. But, but I love what he said. He said, man, I, I'm telling you what. I need to use this thing, this magic box for the purpose of God. This magic box is powerful tool, powerful tool. It's one of the most powerful tools, honestly, to evangelize. Can I get an amen on that one? I mean, if you can't be there, this tool can get you there. This last week, I traveled to the country of Georgia. I jumped back on my phone. I was in Poland. Jumped back on my phone. And I'm there in, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Myrtle Beach, North Carolina. And I all did that in about three hours. Whoo! Man, that's pretty fast. That's better than warp speed, dude. I mean, if you're a Trekkie kind of person. Then you can be. 
See, there's power in that. And I can, I can uh, send a little note to someone saying, man, I just so appreciate you. Oh, somebody appreciates me. Man, we could change the world with this tool. So appreciate your husband. This is a powerful tool. What's our purpose? What's our intention? I don't know about you, but I want to make it to heaven. I don't care what the world brings. Because Jesus has already come, overcome the world. If you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, I have more time, believe it or not, for a Bible study. If you have questions, I'll take some time for you. The question is, will we be seen then by the Lord Jesus as being the called, the chosen, and the faithful? We're going to work on faithfulness some more next week. Let's pray. Father, I am so thankful for the blessing of your word. I'm so thankful that I came to realize that hypernokeia means being overwhelmingly conquers, beyond is conquering. It's an absolute, it's a done deal. But it's by faith. It's by knowing that you have promised and you cannot break a promise, and you cannot lie. So we can absolutely trust you, being absolutely convinced of what you have spoken is true, and then we will yield ourselves to that, and we then will become those people that you've called us to be. Father, the time is short. We don't know when the end is going to come, either in our individual life or in the end of the world, but we do know, dear Heavenly Father, that it will come, and it's for us to be prepared. Help us, we pray, to grow our faith. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all get standing up and get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Get her done.